offering envelope, just raise your hand. Ushers will be glad to give you one. Good to see y'all on this Wednesday night. It was raining outside, but we made it in. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. I want to start with a scripture as you prepare your offering. It's in Psalms 122. Very familiar scripture. It's King David. He says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. You know, this is, uh, we're concluding our fast tonight. Amen. 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 <laughs> and uh, talking about the year of joy and gladness of heart. That's our focus this year. And uh, that's our portion. Amen. We're claiming that for every member, every household. This is going to be an awesome year for the Ark Fellowship. As you prepare your offering, I just want you to get ready to make your confession. Stand to your feet. Lord, I worship you with my tithe and my offering. I thank you for bringing me out of bondage and the blessings. I believe I am now free from poverty and lack. Everything I put my hands to prosper. Satan, take your hands off my finances. Lord, let the ministering spirits be released. Let them gather in my harvest now. In Jesus' name, amen. May God bless you tonight in your giving. Thank you, brother. Amen. Glory to God. Y'all ready for the word tonight? Amen, amen. I'm ready to teach the word. Let's begin with a word of prayer, and then we'll get into our study. Precious Holy Spirit, you are the teacher. You are the revealer of all truth. We ask you tonight... Open our eyes, open our spiritual ears. Let us hear your voice. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you'll reveal the Lord Jesus Christ to us by way of the word. We pray above all, Lord, that your heavenly Father, our heavenly Father, will be glorified in it. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. If uh, you can turn to Isaiah chapter 50, verse 4, very familiar scripture. Pastor always starts us out with this. Uh, Isaiah 50, verse 4. The Lord God had given to me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season. To him that is weary. He awakened me morning by morning. He awakened my ear to hear as the learned. The tongue of the learned. That's our our teaching tonight. The, The tongue of the learned. The tongue of the learned are those who have been instructed along the lines of redemption. 
That means you and I. We are New Testament taught because we have a pastor who teaches along the lines of the redemption. Another fact about the learned is that the learned have come to understand how redemptive benefits are possessed and enjoyed in this life. A lot of times where redemptive things are concerned, New Testament promises are concerned, believers put off into the next life those things that they can enjoy in this life. But those who have been instructed along the lines of redemptive rights understand that these things are ours right now. All the benefits of the new covenant we receive by faith right now. All the deliverance from the curse, we have received them. Amen. They're ours as a present day possession. Those who have the tongue of the learned, they have come to an understanding of their rights and privileges in Christ. But they are those who understand that the process in this is through the Word of God. I want to go to Romans chapter 12. We're going to... uh, See something in the word that is very important if we're going to experience the blessings of our redemption. It says here in Romans 12 and verse 2, and I'm going to take my time tonight. Be not conformed to this world, talking to you and I, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The Bible says we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. The thing about the learned, and that's you and I, the learned are committed to the process of mind renewal. By the power of the Holy Spirit and the written word. Those who make progress in receiving redemptive rights and walking in them are those who have committed themselves to the process of mind renewal by the word of God. They are those who have made a decision that they're going to be disciples of Christ. Disciplined learners, those who have understood that deliverance comes only through the Word of God. And covenant's rights are only possessed as we release faith for those things. Now, I'm going to go through a lot of Scripture tonight, get to as much as I can. 
So bear with me. Key number one. The learn know what redemption has done for them spiritually. Those who are experiencing the benefits of redemption, they understand what has been already done for them in the spiritual realm. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 1. All the things that we receive are spiritual in nature, but they are to be enjoyed as we release faith in this natural realm. But the child of God, the learned, understands that they have been redeemed. The Bible says here in verse 3, who be in the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, talking about Jesus, upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, set down on the right hand of the majesty on high. The Bible says that Jesus purged us of our sins. The child of God who experiences the benefits of redemption understands without a shadow of a doubt that his sins are forgiven. Now that word purged is is defined to rid someone of an unwanted quality or condition or feeling. That's what Jesus did on the cross when he shed his blood for us. He delivered us from sin, and so that because of that, our sins have been totally washed away. A lot of times we don't walk in the benefits of redemptive rights is because of a sin consciousness. We still think that we're in Adam, and we're no longer in Adam, we're in Christ. So we have to be delivered from that sin consciousness with an understanding that our sins have been totally forgiven. And you and I have a right, hallelujah, to the redemptive benefits of the cross. That's our portion, that's our inheritance, but we must claim it by faith. The learned have come to an understanding of that. Hebrews chapter 9, let's go there. Glory to God. I said glory to God. The Bible says here in chapter 9 of Hebrews verse 12, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. The Bible says that Jesus has obtained eternal redemption. It's done. And the Bible says it's eternal, so it's forever. You and I should be walking in the light of that as New Testament believers. As you sit there tonight, you have to have a revelation. I have to have a revelation that I am totally forgiven, and it's an eternal thing. The blood of Jesus has taken care of all of that. And when I understand that, 
I open my mind and my heart up to all that God has for me. The devil cannot deceive me in in denying me the eternal benefits of the cross. So we've obtained eternal redemption, and it is for us right now. Amen. That's what's wrong with us. A lot of times we don't recognize and don't really understand these things are ours to be enjoyed in this generation. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 1. So those who have been forgiven and believe it, they open themselves up to all of God's best through the finished work of the cross. Hallelujah. Ephesians 1, verse 6. To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he had made us accepted in the beloved. Verse 7. In whom we have redemption. Through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. So again, the Bible and the Holy Spirit is trying to get us to see through all these verses that we have obtained redemption. It's done. Nothing else needs to be done in order for us to experience our redemptive blessings. What needs to be done, though, is we must claim those by faith. We must accept what the, what the Word of God says and then aggressively claim those promises. Hebrews chapter 10. Glory to God. Verse 10. The Bible says, by the which will, we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. So the Bible says something else there. It says not only have been, we've been redeemed, but the Bible says we've been sanctified by the, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Chapter 9, verse 14. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? The learned understand that spiritually they have been made perfect in God's sight. You and I have been made perfect in the sight of God. Now, That's talking about spiritually perfect. In our natural lives, we all make mistakes. But in the sight of God, God sees us as perfected in Christ. When I understand that and I believe that, I know then that there's nothing that God would hold back from me. I know that he'll heal me. I know he'll bless me. 
Because I am accepted, like the, the book of Ephesians says, I've been accepted in the beloved. God loves you. He loves me. Listen to me now. Just as much as he loves Jesus. Amen. When, when, when God told Jesus, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased, that same love that he expressed toward Jesus, he expressed toward you right now. Because in his sight, because of the blood of Jesus, you have been now perfected in his sight. And therefore, all those benefits that Jesus bought for us on the cross, they're ours and God wants us to experience them in a manifold way. Amen. Let's go to Romans chapter 16. Line upon line, precept upon precept, that's how your mind gets renewed to these things. As you meditate on this type of truth, on this type of information, you become more and more convinced that God wants you and I to experience the inheritance that's ours through faith in Christ. Sixteen and twenty-five Romans. Now to him that is of the power to establish you, according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began. The Bible says, now to him that has the power to establish you. The learned, that's us, are established in the truth of redemption. And nobody can talk us out of it. No religious uh, teacher who doesn't teach the word of God. No demon in hell can talk us out of it. We believe what the scripture says and we're established in this truth. Therefore, all the benefits of redemption we receive. We're not denied. Because we are established in the truth. When the curse tries to come on us in any form, we resist it. Because we know the truth. Jesus said, you'll know the truth. And the truth that you know, it'll make you free every single time. Those, the learned understand that. And they're willing to not only enjoy it for themselves, but they're willing to tell everybody else about it. He gives us the tongue of the learned that we may speak a word in season to the weary, those Christians who don't know it. Amen. That's what I love about this church and our pastor. It's an outreach church. And we want to get the word out that the yoke has been destroyed. And the burdens have been removed. Hallelujah. Our portion is deliverance in every area of our lives, if we can believe it. Let's go to Galatians chapter 3. Very familiar scripture. Galatians chapter 3. 
Thank you, Lord. The scripture says that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Being made a curse for us. Now, that verse of scripture right there, I've had to stand on it when under the, in the heat of the battle. When the enemy would bring residue of the curse into my life, whether it be poverty, lack, sickness and disease, spiritual oppression, that verse of scripture right there has delivered me time and time again as I speak it out of my mouth. Every child of God has been redeemed from the curse. But every child of God does not know it. And every child of God is not willing to say it out of his mouth. By the way, that's how the power is released, by you speaking it. So Christ has redeemed us from this entire curse, Adam's curse. Everything that came into the world has a result of Adam's transgression. You and I have been redeemed from it. But like the Bible says, and I may go to, go to that scripture later on, let the redeemed of the Lord say it. You got to voice this. The benefits of redemption, listen to me now, are voice activated. If you won't speak it, you won't walk in it. You won't receive it. It will not manifest in our lives unless we are bold enough to say it out of our mouth. I'm redeemed. Every time the enemy brings something of the curse to your, into your life, you don't have to accept it. You can reject it. The Bible says, submit yourself to the word of God. Resist the devil. He'll flee every single time. But we have to put that principle into action when we're under attack. Amen. So we've been redeemed from sin, from sickness, and from poverty. That's our portion. But again, we must claim it. That's the key. Claiming these things. Believing that we truly are forgiven of every sin. That we're truly justified by faith. That we're truly sanctified by the regeneration of the Holy Spirit. That we are truly accepted in the blood. That we're God's children. Hallelujah. And we're joint heirs with Christ. And everything that belongs to him belongs to you. But you must boldly claim it. There's coming a time before Jesus comes back when the church is going to walk in all of this. 100%. Because the Bible says that when he, before he comes back, he's going to have a church without spot or wrinkle. That simply means that the learned are walking in the very power of the gospel in its fullness. And before we're raptured out of here, we are going to possess everything that the Bible says we're going to possess as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's our portion, but we need to start practicing on that right now. I believe here at the Ark Fellowship and at the Ark Praise Center, God's raising up a people who are going to believe these things and walk in these things and possess these things and glorify him as they do so. 
by portion. Romans chapter 5. Let's go there. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. We have now received, the Bible says, we've received the atonement. Jesus atoned for Adam's sin. And atonement, again, is for now. One of the, one of the principles that, uh, the first principles that I learned as a new believer was that faith is always now. <laughs> it took me a while to... to, to to get that revelation, but faith is always now, or it's not faith at all. I'm not, if I don't claim the blessing as a now blessing, even though it's mine, it doesn't do me any good. So the atonement that was done over 2,000 years ago is in manifestation right now in the church. But the church must accept what God says concerning her total deliverance from sin, sickness, and poverty. Amen. So the atonement is for now. The power of redemption, like I said a while ago, is voice activated though. A lot of times the reason that we don't see the the deliverance that the Bible promises is because we're not bold enough to speak the word. Psalms 107. He's getting it. I want you to see this. Very familiar scripture, but we need to see it. Verse 2. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So I got, to, I got to speak the promises of redemption out of my mouth. Whom he had delivered, verse 2 again, whom he had redeemed from the hand of the enemy. So I got to, and you have to speak the deliverance that's ours out of our mouth. Again, These promises, the benefits of redemption, are voice activated. So I have to get an agreement with what God says about my deliverance. So I can't be double-minded. I can't be talking faith one day and doubting unbelief the next if I'm going to walk in the benefits of the redemptive work of Jesus Christ. The learned have understand that. They put a guard on their mouth where these things are concerned because they know that it's vital to them walking in the promises and the deliverance that the Bible promises. So I don't play around with these things. I don't play around with words. I I, I speak words on purpose. I speak uh, covenant words on purpose over my life. Because if I don't, I won't walk in them even though God wants me to. Jesus, the reason he was able to walk 
in the power that he walked in, he only spoke what he heard the Father say. He never talked contrary to the Word of God. Hence, the power of God was manifested in his life over and over and over. Somebody said, well, that was because he was the Son of God. Yeah, because he was the Son of God, but because he believed the Word and spoke the Word. That's the key. So I don't play around with this. I speak what God says only. I must confess my redemption in the presence of the enemy. Give you another example of this. Psalms 91. We'll see this principle played out here. It says here in verse 1, Psalms 91, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Then the psalmist says, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my fortress, my God. In him will I trust. So the psalmist says, I will say what God will do on my behalf. I don't say things contrary to that. I say what God will do. I don't, I don't get in agreement with what the world is saying, with the 6 o'clock news is saying. I say what God says in the word of God. And the Bible says here in verse 3, Surely he shall deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. When I begin to confess out of my mouth covenant words, redemptive words, surely he's going to deliver me then. The power of God manifests as I speak the word of God out of my mouth. But I got to do that. A lot of times we're not doing that. We're saying things contrary to the word and expecting covenant results. Verse 4. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shall thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. I'm saying, see, I'm, I'm constantly saying those things. I got God's protection. Verse 5. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor the destruction that wasted in noonday. A thousand shall fall at my side, ten thousand at my right hand, but it's not going to come near me. That has to be our attitude as redemptive people. It may be happening to everybody else, but it's not going to happen to me. That's the type of attitude that God wants us to have in order to walk in this kind of power. It may happen to this one or that one, but it's not going to happen to me. That's what you got to say. Somebody said, well, that's being proud. No. That's just being, believing the word and speaking the word. Verse 8. Only with your eyes shall you behold and see the reward of the wicked. So it's not going to manifest in your life because you believe the promises. Key number two, the learned know that they are right with God by the blood of Jesus Christ. They know it. They know that, again, the blood of Jesus, they understand the power of it. They understand its relevance in their life, that it's an eternal substance, and that that blood constantly, on a moment-by-moment -moment basis, cleanses them. 
and they accept that. And the reason they know that is because they renewed their minds to that by way of the word. Let's go to Romans chapter 5. Verse 9, much more then, being now justified right now, justified right now by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. So all of God's anger, all of God's wrath has already been poured out on Jesus. Therefore, I'm totally forgiven and the power of the blood of Jesus justifies me in in his sight. I might not feel justified. I might wake up in the morning and have these feelings of a sin consciousness, these feelings of unrighteousness, but all they are are feelings. I trust in what the Word says. I'm justified by the blood of Jesus Christ. That same chapter, verse 17. For if by one man's offense, death reigned by one, talking about Adam's offense, Adam's sin in the garden. And it's good to study the book of Genesis, the things that happened in that garden. Because, again, they, are, they affect our lives today. If by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more, somebody say much more, much more they which receive. Notice how the Bible puts that. You've got to receive abundance of grace in order for the abundance of grace to do you any good. It's been released from heaven. But I gotta receive it. That's what it is. And the Bible says grace is what? Unmerited favor. I don't deserve it, but I get it anyhow. Amen. That delivers me from a sin consciousness. And when I'm delivered from a sin consciousness, the redemptive benefits begin to manifest in my life because I understand that they're blood bought rights and they're my portion. Verse 17 again, if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they would receive abundance of grace and what? The gift of righteousness. So I'm right with God, not because I do everything right, but I'm right with God because it's a gift from God. And I don't let anybody talk me out of that gift. I receive it as my inheritance. Those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, and this is the promise, shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Yeah. We're supposed to be in this dispensation reigning in life, in this life. Somebody say, well, we'll reign in life when we get to heaven. No, God says you'll reign in life now if you'll believe it. You'll have the best that this life has to offer Though we'll have challenges. I'm not saying you're going to have no challenges. There's the devil down here. He doesn't want you to receive it. He'll try to stop this. But we overcome him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. So the scripture promises us abundant grace, the gift of righteousness, and because of that, I can reign in this life. I can live on top. A lot of believers haven't been taught that. They, they still think, well, you know, I'm just a no good worm. 
I'm unworthy. I mean, I shouldn't be believing God for all this type of thing. I mean, just give me a little bit, Lord. No, God wants you to reign in life. We have received the gift of righteousness to reign in life by Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I mean, if we could just take some of these scriptures and take them home with us and begin to download them into our spirit, we'd be free from depression. We'd be free from oppression because we understand how free we really are spiritually. Bible says here in verse 18, and all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. So the Bible says God has reconciled us to him. There's nothing separating you from God. Absolutely nothing. Because the Bible says God has reconciled you and I to him by Jesus Christ. And then, to the learned, those who have received this revelation, he's given to us the ministry of reconciliation. In other words, we're commissioned by God to tell everybody else that they can be as free as we are. It's our portion. That's our assignment. We get delivered. We start walking in the, in the freedom of this. Then we go tell others that they can be just as free as we are. That's how God's glorified. Not by us remaining in bondage through sin consciousness and through the devil's yokes and bondage. But he wants us to be free. Verse 19. To wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. So this is a total work of God. Nothing that we did. This is a total work of God. Reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. So we're supposed to be telling people, the learned are supposed to be telling people about the freedom that they can receive in Christ Jesus. But the problem is, most of the church, and I'm not saying here at the ark, I'm just talking about the church in general, they don't even know these things that I'm talking about tonight. They're still walking around with grave clothes on. And they're not experiencing the freedom that's theirs because they don't know the truth. The Bible says, my people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge, because they don't know these vital truths. What I'm teaching tonight Really, it's just foundational stuff. But like I say, a lot of the church is not set on a solid foundation. And therefore, we, we're lacking some of the things that we could be experiencing. Verse 20. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you 
in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. Verse 21. For he had made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, talking about Jesus, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Somebody say, I'm the righteousness of God. Say it like you mean it. I'm the righteousness of God. If we would get up in the morning and begin to confess things like that before the devil can attack us with condemnation and all these thoughts of unworthiness, you'd be surprised how free we could be. If we just do the simple thing. A lot of times we're trying to do the, the difficult thing. Just do the simple thing. We can begin to confess what God, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm blood-bought, justified in his sight, forever set free, eternally united with him. He's the vine. I'm the branch. And that's an eternal thing. It cannot be broken. I'm closing. Ephesians chapter 6. A lot of these scriptures, y'all know them already. <laughs> we all know them because we're, we've been taught these type of things. But the thing is, we have to embrace them. I mean, really and truly embrace these things because God knows the power of, of his word. And he knows the power of it when we get it in our heart and begin to speak it out of our mouth. Six and 14 Ephesians. Stand therefore, having your loins girt with truth, and having on what? The breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate of righteousness. Now, we've been taught about the armor of God. Well, some of us haven't, maybe some of us have not been. But the breastplate of righteousness is something that we as children of God need to really and truly understand. It is vital that the breastplate of righteousness be put on or else, again, the devil's condemnation will succeed against us. I got to keep it on by faith on a moment-by-moment basis. Because if I don't, the devil will be able to talk me out of the blessings. And the moment he's able to talk me out of the blessings of redemption, he'll try to slide that curse right on in there. But when I understand that I'm righteous and that sin, poverty, sickness, or that all those things are not my portion, matter of fact, They are beneath me. Amen. They're beneath you and I because we are royalty. Hallelujah. See, again, a lot of believers don't even believe that. They don't believe that God has made them royalty. The Bible says we are priests. A royal priesthood. Holy. Hallelujah. That's who you are. And tonight, I want you to walk out of here believing what the Word says and and don't believe what your feelings are saying. Don't believe what your carnal mind is saying. Trusting in the Scriptures. 
There's power in what I'm teaching tonight if we'll receive it. There's power in understanding who you are. And basically what I'm, I'm, I've been teaching tonight is who you are in Christ. I want you to stand to your feet. There are things that have been dogging us, things that have been clinging to us in terms of the remnants of the curse. And we've been standing against some of those things, but we have not seen the deliverance from those things. God wants to set you free from those things tonight. I believe that there's an anointing to do that tonight. Whether it be, and it doesn't matter what part of the curse it is, whether it be sin, whether it be sickness, whether it be poverty or lack or or family trouble, whatever it is, children going crazy, acting crazy, the Bible says that the seed of the righteous have been delivered. That's a promise. That's a covenant promise. Whatever it is that you want God to do for you, where deliverance is concerned, God says, believe my promises. Believe that you have been redeemed from these things and watch the chains start falling off. So lift your hands to him tonight. Father, we thank you tonight that Christ has indeed redeemed us from the curse of the law. That every curse that came into the world through Adam's transgression has been born by Jesus Christ. And through our faith in him, Father God, Jesus, we receive deliverance in those areas of our lives where bondage is being manifested. We receive deliverance by the blood of Jesus from sickness and disease, from, from lack, from bondage to sin, from addictive habits tonight. We, we break the chains tonight. Every form of the curse. We receive our deliverance tonight. We draw the, land, the line in the sand. And we say to the enemy, no more. As we come off of this fast, Father God, we give you all the glory, all the praise, and all of the honor for all of the deliverance that's ours in Christ. And we walk free because of the blood of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. And we believe we receive. Amen. Walk in that freedom, fruitfulness, and prosperity as we go forward for every one of you tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.